Ed Reed is the new head coach at Bethune-Cookman, and I'll tell you right now, I'm all here for it. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day, even though it's a little bit later in the day this time. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Y'all see the graphic right here. I love this graphic. And I like to do this underhanded little point thing because it's easier to make sure I don't miss the graphic. If you see it on the audio side or if you see it on the video side, if you're on the audio side, make sure you don't forget the S on the end of South Exclusives. And I'm excited to say that Ed Reed is the new head coach at Bethune-Cookman. And let me tell you why I'm excited. Part of it does have to do with this is one of my favorite players ever, right? It's one of my favorite players ever. And I want to open up with that so I can get out of fan mode. Like we've addressed that. Let's push that to the side. But I've also been kind of banging this drum for a year now. When the move happened, I was ecstatic because I knew I had been doing it, right? But I didn't quite understand how long I had been saying I wanted Ed Reed to be a head coach at an HBCU. And I went into my notes and I typed in Ed Reed. And it was December, I believe, 22nd of 2021 that I said it for the first time. So this has been over a year, you know, pretty much right on a year, but over a year that I've been banging this drum. You fast forward to February. When I started talking about dream scenarios for certain schools that either had an opening or could have an opening soon, Ed Reed was one of those people I named. There was three schools that I wanted him to go to in particular, Morgan State, Grambling, and Bethune-Cookman, right? Because he had ties to all of those areas. Willie Simmons has had FAMU on lock, so they're not even a part of this conversation. That's why they weren't, you know, it didn't become a, a, a quartet from a trio. It was just three schools. You look at Morgan State, he's a Baltimore Ravens legend. You look at Grambling, Grambling wanted him, but he had to help Miami pick out the, the head coach and he felt the timing was bad. That's what he wanted to do. But Grambling wanted him. So this isn't even the first time he's been tied to an HBCU. It's just the first time he went all the way through with it. But he's a legend in the state of Louisiana. So I had no doubt about it. Then you look at Bethune-Cookman, where he's the University of Miami legend in the state of Florida. And that's where Bethune-Cookman is, in the state of Florida, not in Miami. But... I just felt like he had ties to all three of these schools, which is why I wanted him to be at one of the three. And it just so happens to be Bethune-Cookman, right? Because before they hired Damon Wilson, Morgan State was open. Before they hired Hugh Jackson, Grambling was open. So those didn't mean, you know, those were still open. Those were still possibilities. It was no disrespect to the head coach who was there now at this point. But outside of just the appeal, right, because a lot of people say, oh, well, this is and we're going to talk about the inevitable comparisons to Deion Sanders in the second segment. A lot of people say, oh, this is just another Deion Sanders move. I don't know when Deion Sanders came to Jackson State what people's opinion was of if he was going to be able to coach or not. 
right? The reason I want Ed Reed to be a coach in an HBCU is not because I want attention. It's not because I want notoriety. It's not any of those things, press attention. I don't want that. The reason I want him to be a head coach at an HBCU is because I went to an HBCU and I think he'll be a really good coach, period. I think he has the, the qualities that you need to be a head coach, right? So let's look at the number one thing. You got to know the X's and O's. If you're going to be a head coach, you got to understand the game. And I don't know if there's many players who understand it on the level that Ed Reed does. He genuinely understands the, the, the game on the level of a quarterback. And the reason I say this is because the quarterback needs to know everything that's going on. That's exactly what Ed Reed was, right? Every time he got the ball in his hand, he said he turned to an offensive player. He wanted to be as dual threat as dual threat could be as a safety. He was, to me, he's the greatest safety who ever lived. That's to me. Right. And I look at the Ed Reed Peyton Manning story where he was able to play a coverage wrong all year, yet was still effective, but played it wrong all year just to bait Peyton Manning into making a throw. And he did pick him off in that game with the same trick. Right. We talk about breaking tendencies, the ability to play something wrong, yet still not be out of position all year just to set up one specific player. That's dedication. That's that's intuition. That's understanding the game. And that's what I think Ed Reed could bring to the coaching position. But it's not just that, right? It's not just, oh, he understands the game. But it's also the fact that I think he's leadership. He has leadership qualities. And if you're going to be a coach, you have to be able to lead men. And I'm going to have a couple of quotes here that prove that he really can. But these are just my opinion. And I found these quotes to back it up from Manny Diaz, the former University of Miami head coach. I feel like Ed Reed was always the heart and soul of that defense right along with Ray Lewis. Even if Ray Lewis was more so the face you know, I feel like both of those guys, they were a part of galvanizing that legendary defense for all of those years. That's something that I feel like translates and is necessary for a head coach. And then lastly, the ability to buy or to get buy in. Right. And I felt as if. He's Ed Reed. We know who he is and we'll talk about that in the next segment. We know who he is, but then also there's just the ability to know people. And that's what Manny Diaz spoke on. Like that's leadership to be able to lead people, but just knowing people that aids in your ability to get buy in. And I want to uh, talk about what Manny Diaz said. He said that Ed has such a knack for seeing the game from a 30,000 foot perspective, which you need to do as a head coach. That's what we talked about with understanding the game. And then he also said to be able to pay attention, whether it's 53 in a locker room or over 100, over 100 like we have here in college and be able to tune in with each one of those guys is really what Ed did great as a player. He said his experience, not only from a ball aspect, but what you find out what about Ed is his understanding of team dynamics, his understanding of the locker room, uh, the little nonverbals, just any little way that a certain player goes about doing things is off the charts. That's understanding that you have 100 players. You got to be able to know them. You got to be able to tune in. You got to be able to get them to buy in. I have absolutely no doubt that players will want to play for Ed Reed once they are on his team for certain. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he'll be able to get that buy-in. There's no doubt in my mind that he knows football, and I can't wait to see how it translates from being a player to being a head coach. I know he wanted to do it. He either wanted to be a DC or a head coach. He's getting his opportunity to be a head coach. I can't wait. This is, a, this is something I've been banging the drum for, so I really want to see if I'm going to be right. I think I will, which is why I said it, but I can't wait to see if I'm going to be. And then you look at the recruiting aspect of it, and when it comes to recruiting, you... You're not like super close to Miami. You still got a little bit of drive to Miami. And I can't wait to see if his, in Louisiana, let's use Louisiana, for example, 
right? He's from Destrehan, which is real close to New Orleans. Grambling ain't really that close to New Orleans. I mean, it's not a big state, so it's not far. But as far as just, you know, it's not the closest, it's not as close as Southern, right? But I have no doubt that his ability to recruit would stretch statewide. I'm curious to see if that's the case in Florida. And it might not need to be. If he can go recruit those guys in Miami who have a lot of talent, his initial class, and that's all that matters. Once you get your initial class, then it's about, okay, what kind of success are you going to have? Once you start developing success, it's not so much, oh, your name holds weight in these situations, in these areas. No, it's my name holds weight and my team is really good. Like, come on, let's play, right? Like, that, that's, that's important. But at the first, at the onset of recruiting, I wonder if he's going to be able to pull from all throughout the state. And he will be competing with FAMU because he does have an HBCU in that area or in that, I guess, more so all in the state. Because it's like four hours away, too. So it's not super close, but it's still close enough to where you should be competing for recruits. And we'll see. He'll be competing with Willie Simmons. This should be something that's really fun, and I can't wait. But let's continue rolling. Let's talk about the inevitable comparison between Ed Reed and Deion Sanders. It's going to happen, so let's go ahead and get out of the way and talk about the similarities and some of the ways that they are different as well. Before I get into that, however, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online is the number one place for all of your sports wagering. I don't care if you're betting on Bethune Cookman versus FAMU. I don't care if you're bet betting on Ole Miss versus Texas Tech that's going to be airing. I don't care if you're betting on the bowl games, on the, on the playoff games, or the NFL or the NBA. Bet Online is the place that you need to be for all of your sports wagering. You be betting on the fight. They have MMA. They have esports. They have um, baseball, soccer. They have everything you could possibly think of. That's why I love them because no matter what I want to put money on, I know I can go to Bet Online and it'll be there. Bet Online is the most versatile out. They are the fastest and also the easiest. It's just simply put, Bet Online, where the game starts. And as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, bringing on the local experts to break down the biggest national stories. And now I want to talk about the inevitable comparison between Deion Sanders and Ed Reed. It's a shame that these two never got to face off against each other, but you're going to get the conversation. People are going to talk. People are already talking. How could you not? There's too many similarities. All-time greats. We know who they are. But I think that they're very similar, not only in personality, but also reputation. We'll end off with the reputation because I think that's the easiest one to see. But if we want to talk about just who they are as people, the biggest difference between Dion and Ed is Dion's way more vocal, right? He's louder. You're, you're going to hear Dion more. And we've seen that throughout the post-NFL uh, career that they've had. You're just going to hear him more. And that's going to be... A pro and a con, right? Because the fact that you hear him more has led to the fact that he's one of the more famous NFL players ever. His name holds weight in places he doesn't even need to step into a room, right? But then also the controversy. Like, I don't think you're going to see he ain't swack press conference, right? You're not going to see a mic drop from, from Eddie Robinson Jr. about Ed Reed. I don't think you're going to see the, the negative talk about Ed Reed if he decides to leave. I don't think those things are going to happen. I think that's the difference between how vocal these guys are. But they have the same charisma, in my opinion, right? So if you would have asked me, if I'm a player and I'm, I'm high-ranking, right? Let's just say I'm a four-star. And I have some Power 5, I have some Group of 5, I have some FCS offers. Ed Reed is the type of guy who could still pull me in 
to a HBCU, even if that wasn't my plan. I do think that Ed Reed could have recruited Kevin Coleman. I do believe that if Ed Reed had a year of success under his belt in a player who idolized him, was like, oh, okay, I kind of want to go to Miami so I can continue that great legacy. But Ed was like, nah, come on to Bethune-Cookman and I can teach you. I think he could have got a Travis Hunter. And I'm not trying to add all these contexts like, oh, well, if all of these things happen. No, that's the truth. I think if any of those things weren't true, I don't think Travis Hunter comes to Jackson State. It has to be a perfect storm to get the number one overall recruit in the nation. It has to be a perfect storm to get the number one overall recruit in the nation to an HBCU, something that had never been done before on an FCS level. So you have to have all of those things. You have to have Deion Sanders, his idol there. You have to have the fact that he wanted to go to a school to be like Deion. You have to have all of those things and a year of success under your belt that shows we can win. All of these things were going to be important and all of these things needed to happen. And I think if all the factors are the same, I think Ed has that charisma. See, Deion doesn't need to walk into rooms. It's Deion Sanders. Oh, right. And when he does walk into the room, it's like, okay, we seal in the deal. If Ed walks in the room, because he's going to have to walk in the room a lot of times, even though these guys are, you know, they might have caught the last couple of years. He doesn't have that same off the field notoriety as Deion Sanders. But when he walks into the room, the guy's charismatic. And anytime you see him talk, you know, it. he got the best beard and the swag already. Right. Cool. Like, just look at Ed Reed after he after he graduated, after he retired. Cool dude, charismatic, suave. I truly believe that he can recruit a lot of players who could be on a fence. That charisma is going to work well for him. It's going to get the buy-in that I was talking about in the last segment. All of these things are going to happen because Ed Reed is similar in that aspect, right? Because Deion Sanders didn't become famous because he was a great corner. That's not why he became famous, right? That was part of it, but he had to do everything, right? Because Ed Reed is the greatest safety, but he might not have had all of the, ooh, ah, that's old prime dance. Like he might not have had all of those things, right? But he is still a legend. And that's where you get into reputation. You have the greatest corner and you have the greatest safety. Both of these guys are the greatest at their position. And they're both in the defensive backfield. I don't think that there's many people you want to learn corner from more than Deion Sanders. And I don't think there's many people you want to learn safety from more than Ed Reed. He was the complete package as a as a safety. He wasn't just a ball hawk. He could also hit. He was extremely intelligent. He knew everything about the game. This is a guy who I know it might seem like I'm gushing now at this point. But these are all the reasons that I feel like he would be a good head coach. These are all the reasons that I think people would want to come play for him. And once you do play for him, then you do have the buy-in. I think that Ed is the type of guy who can steady his ship when things are going wrong. And he had a leadership position at Miami, so he's not as new. That's another big difference between him and Sanders is Reed isn't that new to the college game. He's been in Miami. He's been around the collegiate game as Deion Sanders came in with some head coaching experience on the high school level. So that's the big difference as well. The vocal nature is going to be, it benefited Dion as far as getting recruits, right? I wouldn't even say it hurt Dion because I don't think he cared about the controversy, but you had some of that controversy. I don't think any of those things are going to happen with, with Ed. I could be wrong. I could be, but I think he's a more agreeable guy. I don't think, I think Eddie, I think Eddie Robinson, well, Obama bro hug him. I'll say that, you know, and that's just kind of the difference. That's just kind of the difference between the two, but they are very similar. So all of the reasons that you love Deion Sanders outside of the fact that he's Deion Sanders, excuse me, outside of the fact of the weight his name carries, all of the things that makes Deion Sanders Deion Sanders, I think Ed Reed has a lot of it too. 
I'm not just talking about being a, a great NFL player. I'm talking about being a charismatic guy who can pull people in. So I think the vocal nature and then also being around the collegiate game for a little bit, those are the differences between the two. The vocalness, you know, just the ability to speak on certain things, not the inability, but the decision to speak on things, the um, gravitational pull that comes with Deion Sanders without him even having to open his mouth. I don't think all of those things are going to be the same with Ed Reed, but let's not get it twisted. When Ed Reed does decide to speak, those guys will listen. Those guys will come to him, and these guys will play for him. I would not be surprised to see. I know he missed early signing day, but maybe in the spring, if there's a big splash for Bethune-Cookman, it would not shock me. And I, I'll wrap up with this. Let's not compare third-year Deion Sanders with Jackson State to first-year Ed Reed with Bethune-Cookman. That's reckless. I know there's a lot of similarities, and people are going to want to connect the two, but Deion had the spring season, that COVID weird year where they played in the spring to really get his footing. They weren't world beaters that year. I don't really count that season because it's weird to me, but it was a season that did happen. You got to allow Ed to get acclimated. That's one thing I will say. If you're going to compare them, compare the charisma, compare the reputation, but let's not compare a couple of years into this thing with Deion Sanders to the first year with Ed Reed. It's, not, it's just not a fair comparison. It's not one that's going to favor Ed Reed. And maybe they do come in and they kill it. But maybe they don't, and that shouldn't be held against them. Going forward, we're going to be talking about the fact that I think this might become a new norm. Will HBCUs become a, a proving ground for former NFL greats who want to get into the collegiate coaching ranks? As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I want to answer that question. Are HBCUs going to become the new proving ground for NFL greats who want to be head coaches on a higher level? And if it is the case, are we going to have a problem with that, right? Because I just saw it with Deion Sanders. I have no problem with the move itself, right? I've said this before. I've said it again, right? If you don't want to have a, an actual conversation about Deion Sanders, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I'm not having emotional conversations about Deion Sanders anymore. But we can, you know, just objectively break down what happened. He wanted to be a coach on a higher level. The opportunity arose and he took it. I wouldn't be shocked to see Deion Sanders or Ed Reed do the same thing. Am I jumping the gun? Do you think I'm jumping the gun because I've seen one person do it and I'm expecting another? Am I jumping the gun on this becoming a trend? Maybe I need to wait for three, four, five people to do it before I really say that this is the case. But that's why I'm posing the question. Is this going to be something new? Are we going to see players and coaches or excuse me, just coaches uh, who are former players is what I'm trying to say. Use this as a proving ground. And if it is, are you are you okay with that, right? Because I think how long Ed Reed is here is dependent on how successful he is. Like I said, you don't want to compare him to 2022 Jackson State. That's not fair. It's not fair at all. Or 2022 Deion Sanders. Don't know. You have to take your time to get acclimated. But if he leaves in three years for a bigger school, because not everybody wants to stay on an FCS level for a long time, if he leaves in three, four years for an, a power five school or a group of five school, whatever. It's going to start looking like this is a trend. Are you using them? I don't I don't think I would say that. I don't think I would say you're using HBCUs. HBCUs do propel you to where you need to go. But I look at it. Look, if you're not an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator or even really a positional coach who's worked his way up on the FBS ranks, you're not going to get a head coaching position at a power five or a group of FBS, period. Right. You're not going to get a, a job as a head coach on the FBS level. So you have to come down to an FCS level. 
And if you want to coach, you want to be a head coach. I'm not going to be mad if you do it at an HBCU. I'm not. Because you have to start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. And if they start at an HBCU and you handle it with grace, you handle it with uh, love and admiration for what the experience is, that's not using to me. It's about how you do it, not what you do. What you do is a business move. If you look at it as business, business is business is business. That's understandable. All right, you started at a small school. Maybe that's not your dream. Maybe that's not your hope. Maybe that's not what you want to be about for the next decade and a half. That's not everybody's goal, and I'm not trying to hold everybody to that standard. That is not reactionary. I felt this way the whole time. That's my side of it. What about you? Right? Are you going to feel used if Ed Reed and, and two other players, maybe Terrell or Terrell Owens, because I found out his name is not Terrell, it's Terrell. Uh, if Terrell Owens decides, you know what, I want to be a head coach. I'm going to go ahead and start at, a, at a, an HBCU. Cam decides he wants to be a head coach. Cam Newton. He goes to an HBCU. Like, I think Cam is the type of guy who he took a picture with T.C. Taylor after Dion left. If Cam Newton decided I wanted to be a head coach and he came and he was the head coach of, I don't know, Alabama A&M or something, right? Because I think he's from, no, he's from Georgia, but whatever. Alabama A&M because I didn't said it now. I think he's going to appreciate it. It might be a stepping stone for him, but I still think he'll appreciate what it is and what it, what it means to be an HBCU head coach. As long as you can appreciate the culture, I have no problem with it. Let me know what you think, though. That'd be an interesting thing because we talked about why I think he'd be a head coach. Why I think he'd be a great head coach. What I think the comparisons to Deion Sanders are going to be about. But let's talk about the future and let's look forward probably a little prematurely. But let's look at it. If he leaves, could this become a trend and would you be bothered by it? I'd love to know what you think. Y'all know where to hit me up at, at South Exclusives or in the comments down below. Either way, I appreciate y'all appreciate y'all for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, go listen to Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski and all of the local experts that he's bringing on for your second listen of the day. And in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.